0: Hello ladies and gents, Ghost Nobody here again to bring you yet another chapter of Hunter Hunted, my original AVP fan fiction. Uh, this is going to be number, chapter number 4. I do hope that uh, you're going to stay with me for the remaining 41 chapters and that you've been enjoying this little ride so far. So, with the usual disclaimer, I don't own Aliens, I don't own Predator, I don't own any sexy to girls, I wish I did. And uh, everything is owned by the respective studios. And with that out of the way, this is Ghost Nobody saying, welcome to Hunter Hunted. Chapter 4. The Enemy of My Enemy Tick Alice woke up early as always. She always had to start her hunts here before dawn. She wanted to eat that day anyway. Most of the smaller, easy-to-catch creatures were smart enough to be in hiding long before the larger predators emerged. Alice knew that she could always choose to go after something of the larger game, but it was always r- about risk versus reward. Why exert all that energy to bring something down when you can hardly get anything back? Most of the smaller creatures here made much better eating than the large ones, who had far tougher hides, which did good, good clothing, but very little in the way of edible meat. A bed was made from a variety of hides and furs of the creatures that called this place home something she'd knocked together herself out of necessity. She found it rather comfortable. The frame was made from wood she'd harvested from the local trees and was rather large to accommodate comfortably her rather sizeable frame. Though ironically Dick Health was considered very small by her people's standards, she had endured many an insult from her peers growing up, leading to a great many fights, often having been referred to as the Brunt, given that both her siblings were far taller than she. For some reason, this also seemed to be considered more womanly among her kind, a fact that often enraged tick This continual insult had driven her to prove to them all that size was not as it seemed to be believed to be, and the be-all and end-all. This had led to her becoming one of the most accomplished hunters and warriors of her clan. But all it seemed to be for naught, as while her clan was more than willing to revel and champion in her accomplishments... None of the eligible males would look twice at her, preferring to chase after the taller, more glamorous peers. Their barefaced shallowness and two-facedness infuriated tick Aleth. On one hand, they were more than happy to revel in her glory, but then were too worried about their social status to be seen with her. Rising from her bed, tick Aleth stretched out her tired muscles, feeling her joints pop and click. It always took it out of her when a new season began and the bad bloods came for her. It had been four seasons since they'd stranded her here by forcing her ship to crash land on this planet. Ever since then, she'd been their plaything, coming back season after season to prove themselves by hunting her. But although she was stranded here with no way of calling her ship for help, T'Keleth couldn't help but smile. She'd send countless members of this particular Bad Bird clan to their grave as they constantly underestimated her season after season. After a quick wash off, Ticketh put on her armour and equipment. She always preferred to sleep naked as it made her feel unencumbered by the worries of the day. She also liked to feel the, feel of the soft furs and the skins of the beasts against her own. But what she wouldn't give her the chance to properly bathe, it had been long since she'd felt the warm embrace of a proper bath. Looking at the skin on her shoulder, she saw the latest battle scar. The med kit had done its job and it had started healing nicely. But then the dirt constantly matted itself in her dreadlocks, and she sighed. It's just as well there was no eligible males here to show the scar off to. She didn't think they'd get past the smell of her. Not that they'd looked twice at her due to the fact of she was too short. It wasn't like she judged herself by what the males thought of her anyway. She knew she could beat pretty much any one of them hands down in skill and power. But it'd still be nice to feel at least one that wasn't shallow and self absorbed a social hall. We'd actually see her for her true self and would take notice of her. This time a sigh echoed to the cave that she called home. A morning hunt was pretty uneventful. She managed to bag herself a few shimmer lizards, which were the staple in many beasts' diet here. They were quite hard to get as they were always had a habit of perfectly blending in with anything they touched, but at least they were good to eat, even if they were quite small. That bag she'd taken off the bad blood in the pit was coming in handy already. She stuffed yet another dead shimmer lizard into it. That was her fifth, which meant she had more than enough to eat for today. She never liked to keep large mounts lying around, as the smell would attract the large beasts back to her home. Then something strange happened. As she was walking back through the forest in the direction of her home, she heard the familiar buzz of engines in the distance. Tekelth immediately took cover to hide from the ship's sensors, Till she could see whether it was friendly or not, it was very strange, having defeated the last hunting party, that it should back back so early. No, this was something else entirely. As she watched the ship come into view from the north, it was gliding in at high altitude. It didn't seem to be descending, so it wasn't a landing party or a rescue ship. Its size immediately told her that it wasn't a hunting ship, as it was way too big. Then, as she watched seemed to start dropping things at large intervals over the wide area. First she saw a large amount of crates which seemed to be descending into the forest on parachutes. Then there were slightly smaller cages, dropped further east. And then finally the ship moved over to a new area, further to the west, started dropping small shapes, which Tickett well, Alice could barely even see, even with the zoom on her mask working properly. It dropped ten of the smaller things over quite a wide area, for it seemed to finish its run and head back up into orbit. At first this puzzled her, but then it clicked. What must be happening? They were repopulating the game in the reserve again. Tegarlath couldn't help but be curious as to what unfortunate creatures had been dropped in, but given the Bad Blood's habit of hunting, the biggest, nastiest things they could find didn't bode well for us stuck here on the ground with them. She also found it an honest tactic to take these creatures from their home and drop them into an unfamiliar surrounding just to have an advantage when you hunted them. There was no honour in killing a being when you were blatantly at all the advantages over them. The true spirit of the hunt was to pit the hunter against the prey on a one-on-one contest of strength on the prey's terms and see if the hunter had what it take to overcome the adversary. Curiosity overtook Dick She decided to drop her catch back at home and then go and investigate the preserve's new additions. She needed to know what sort of threat she would now be posed to her existence here. For now, she started a steady sprint back to her cave in the mountains. After dropping off her catch, Tick Elf made her way back to where she'd seen the cages being dropped. She'd chosen to use the trees to navigate this time as it usually helped her to remain unnoticed by various creatures on the ground. Without the aid of her cloaking tech, she'd had to develop a variety of ways to remain unnoticed by all creatures that now called this place home. Mainly it served to keep her out of the reach of the sawtooths, which ever since their introduction two seasons ago had multiplied exponentially and become a rather serious problem for everything moving around on the ground. They were a rather large and very aggressive breed of canine, with multiple rows of reed or sharp cutting teeth, not to mention a thick scaled hide that acted like natural armour, making them difficult to take down even with most weapons, save for a plasma caster. They also hunted in large packs of several individuals, which made them a real problem even for a seasoned hunter. It didn't take her long to find the first of the cages. It smashed its way through two rather large trees on its way to the ground. It was made of black metal scarred in places by what looked like claw marks that douged deep into its surface. It was at least four metres tall by twenty wide, which meant it would either house something very big or lots of very small things. Upon closer inspection, she found that it was the latter, as inside the cage was full of much smaller cages were completely covered in both claw and tooth marks, indicating that whatever had once housed wouldn't be particularly pleasant. Over the next hour, Tick Alice investigated each and every one of the cages. Each was pretty much the same story, though the internal cages got bigger each time, which really didn't feel with her confidence. Finally, she went to investigate the smaller things that were dropped further out. This is when she got a shock. While moving through the tree, she smelled one of the small shoots hanging from a tree. The tension on it told her that there was something still hanging from it. So moving closer, she managed to get a better look when she got a shock at what was on the other end. It was an ooman. On closer inspection, she could see the ooman was dead, impaled on one of the tree's branches, obviously done on impact. The branch had hit it right in the abdomen, punched straight through and out the other side taking many of its intestines and internal organs with it. Blood was congealed in clumps down the tree, which indicated this woman hadn't died instantly. When it turned its head to look at its face, she had her hypothesis confirmed by the sheer agonising pain frozen on the dead face. tick had obviously heard of womans. They were one of the species that kind uplifted in the past, though she had never actually seen one up close before. She inspected the dead woman closely. It appeared to be one of the males of its species by the layout of its body. You heard they'd been hunted by hunters in the past, and they'd bested the hunters a couple of times. They were considered still to be by many prey species. From all the stories that Tekyll had heard, she believed they'd earned some kind of measure of respect, having taken on both her kind and the Kirimandi, and bested both. This male was heavily armed with a projectile weapon, that a low primitive by their standards is pretty still pretty effective. His clothing indicated some sort of militaristic existence, given he was wearing a camouflage pattern designed to disguise his presence. She looked at his face again, he wasn't much to look at, given his small size. It was hard to believe that he even bested some of her kind and the Korea mande. Also, given that he had no mandibles and strange fleshy pieces covering his teeth. She wondered how these humans bared their teeth to show their displeasure or anger. But given her kind's history with them, she was going have to be extra careful. Pissed off, heavily armed oomans running around was not going to be good for her or anything else in their path. Over the next three hours, she found six more oomans, all dead. Some had been killed on impact with the trees, like the first one she'd found, and others had been mauled by the local wildlife and fauna. By her count from the drop, that left three of them. Still left out there. Right now, she had t- in the tree overlooking a clearing in the forest. She was trying to figure out where the last shoot was in relation to the last one she'd seen. They'd all been roughly two miles apart, which in this environment might as well have been ten. But then suddenly she heard something which made her blood run cold. It was a sound of breaking trees, which could only the signal of one of two things, and neither was either very pleasant. There were only two things she'd encountered in her time here that were strong enough to break the trees here. One was a monstrous primate with six legs and fire-red fur could literally tear the tree out of the ground and throw them at you, if they saw you. The other was a thing that was the stuff of nightmares, even for blooded huntress like herself. A giant armoured lizard with a hide so thick that not even a plasma caster could put a dent in it, and it had a seriously vicious temper. If one of these things got wind of you, they were literally relentless in their pursuit and would literally tear down half the forest just to get to you. Just as she was deciding which way to run, something caught her eye. It was an ooman. It came sprinting out of the forest at top speed and stopped in the clearing. Suddenly Tikalath knew somehow it was being pursued now. So all she needed to know now was what was doing the pursuing. As she watched, the ooman sprinted straight for a large rocky outcrop on the far side of the clearing and began to scale it. She was surprised at the speed at which he could move. She had always been led to believe that Umans were slow and very ungraceful, but this one splinted across the clearing and scaled the rock in no time. He seemed to be carrying some form of long barreled projectile weapon, which was now setting up on a small stand on top of the rocks. Suddenly the pursuer was revealed as one of the large armoured lizards smashed its way into the clearing. The lizard sniffed the air for a sign of his quarry and instantly picked out the Uman's scent. It looked right at the rock where he was hiding with a look of pure murder on its eyes. the figured there was either going to be one very less Uman to worry about. The creature roared at the top of its lungs and then to her surprise, the u fired. The weapon she saw made a massive boom as it discharged and she saw the shell bounce right off the creature's head. It turned its body and instantly began to charge. The Woman fired again taking a chunk out of its horns. He fired two more shots and achieved two more bounces straight after this. This Uman was done for. Amazingly brave for standing his ground like this against such a creature. These things had been the end of countless hunters that had taken them on unprepared. Tick-Else admired his bravery for this. He was standing his ground despite this being an almost certain death. He would, at least he would die honourably. Then curiously the Uman went as still as a stone as she watched him. He closed his eyes, seemed to be trying to focus, or maybe he was deep in prayer to whatever deity they believed in for salvation. But then, to a complete shock and utter surprise, he opened his eyes and fired one last time. Tickleath watched in total and utter amazement. The creature did a nosedive into the ground and flipped over on its huge back before slamming down hard into the ground and sliding right into the rock. Her mandibles dropped open in shock, this couldn't be. Surely a mere U man couldn't have killed one of the most dangerous creatures in the galaxy in single combat. To bring these things down would have usually have taken at least a team of four or five hunters, heavily armed at that, all working together. And even then injuries were almost an almost certainty. But he'd done it with just only a small projectile weapon. Or small by their standards anyway. She watched now as he climbed down off the rock. He checked over the body and guessed to make sure he was trying to make sure it was dead. Then she watched with still open mandibles. Rather than taking a trophy from the monumentally glorious kill, he simply began to walk away. Any of her kind would have been beating their chest in triumph from such a glorious battle. In fact, that sort of kill would have brought the hunter the sort of honour that only few could dream about. Quickly she scrambled down and being careful to stay out of sight, she quickly headed over to the fallen body of the giant lizard. She just had to see how he'd brought it down just like that. And upon closer inspection, she could plainly see that he'd managed to get one of those projectiles that the weapon fired straight through its eye. She looked back at where he'd come from and looked to its path. He could see the part where it had been hit by nearly a hundred meters away. And the fact that it was traveling such a pace it had slid a hundred meters on its back before coming to a rest was not lost on her. The fact that he'd been able to make such a shot "'On such a fast-moving target while it's bearing down on him, "'with enough power and force to have utterly obliterated that rock, "'was nothing short of incredible. "'She got the feeling that paying close attention to this Ugman "'was very advisable. "'He may prove actually useful to her, "'as given that he, like her, "'had undoubtedly been stranded here by the bad bloods, "'and he obviously would share her malice of feelings towards them. "'He may even prove a useful ally in the future fights.' But how to approach him without him attacking her on sight? She was going to have to further observe him and bide her time. So, with that, she set off in hot pursuit, looking for the old man. That, ladies and gentlemen, was Hunter Hunted Chapter 4. I do hope you're enjoying this reliving of uh, Hunter Hunted, or if you're new here, that you're enjoying this kind of walk through the AVP universe I created. As ever, if you can uh, like, subscribe, Leave me feedback on any of my available sites, like fanfiction, AO3, or anywhere you can find my write-in. That would be much appreciated. And, uh, well, till next time, this is Ghost Nobody signing off and saying, see you next time.